This is episode number three. We'll be discussing the DreamWorks film, How to Train Your Dragon 2, a little bit of animation breaking news, and the art book, Lovely Ladies of Animation. This is Animcast. This is Burke. Life here is amazing. Dragons used to be a bit of a problem. But now they've all moved in. Did I tell you that you look amazing today? Because you do. And with Vikings on the backs of dragons, the world just got a whole lot bigger. This is amazing! What happened here? What could have done this? think you know a lot about dragons let me show you some of what you don't know can i know you no you were only a babe but a mother never forgets unbelievable you've been rescuing them Something is coming. Something you've never faced before. The dragons are mine now. Protect our people. It's your destiny. What you're searching for, it's in here. Come on! This is very dangerous! Are you kidding me? So, how to train your dragon? Did it live up to the first one? Or is it riding its dragon tail? That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I personally really enjoyed this movie. I wouldn't say it was better than the first one, um, but I thought it was a great sequel. Do you guys think it lined it up for a third? (laughs) Maybe. Well, it's open-ended, right? Yeah. They've promised. they've, They've had enough lines of maybe we'll find another Night Fury. Right. Which indicates to me that there should be <laughs> more night furies. <laughs> right. That Toothless needs a little Mrs. Toothless <laughs> to find. <laughs> little baby Toothless. Little baby Toothlesses. It's going to be like Shrek, what was that, Shrek 3. Right, with all the little Shreks. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a DreamWorks thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think they lined it up because now he's chief. So they could have a third movie right. about him, you know. Yeah, dealing with that now, right? Sure. Well, right. no, they never really specify. Well, I guess he is chief because they put the little thing on mm-hmm. his head. Yeah. Which apparently is the chief symbol for chief. In, yeah, which is funny Viking. because they never, maybe it's just a ceremony thing because Stoic never had that on his face. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. It reminded me of Lion King. Yeah, it was his Lion King moment. Yeah. Yeah. Ruffy Fee's just like, <laughs> yeah. Was that old Here's lady? some melon juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought overall, I thought it was good. I didn't think it was as good as the first one. Um, I thought there's some points where it was a little unfocused right where i never quite understood what the central theme of the film was or what the film was trying to get at but like i enjoyed the stuff that was happening but at points it seemed like the theme was you know how does a chief act does a chief control people like impose his will versus does a chief you know help out the people who right he's in charge of which which stoic was both i mean he showed he showed the whole, hey, I'm, I'm making saddles, and then immediately turns into close everything down, everyone inside. Right, right. right. So. But then also it was kind of about, like, sort of pacifist hiccup who, like, flies into the lion's den of crazy people to be like, I think I can talk to him, which right. was kind of silly to me. That was <laughs> a great impression, by the way. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I know. You're going <laughs> to do that throughout, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> um, versus, like, do we need to fight? But that one was never really explored. It was more just like, oh, look, Hiccup is making bad decisions. After his dad is like, this guy's crazy. He kills everyone. And Hiccup is like, I can talk to him. And <laughs> yeah. You know, I got the magical power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to persuade anyone. Yeah. Which <laughs> I thought was just. Which is like, okay, you got one movie down. <laughs> right. <laughs> All yours is here. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Everything in this movie, it did seem like everything was perfectly paved for him. Like there weren't too many things to overcome besides the physical battle of him and the villain. I thought, like, for him to overcome whatever he had inside of him to be chief, it was kind of easier in this one because there wasn't too much to overcome. Because his dad was already on his side, really, you know, who he was taking over for. 
was more so like him. But in the first movie, you know, there's they're completely different. So yeah, he never had to change. Mm-hmm. When you think about yeah. it, Hiccup didn't. I mean, he changed in terms of like spoiler alert: his dad died, right? And he's like really sad about it. And he's like, okay, now a chief protects what's his own, so I'm gonna right. go fight for this stuff that I lost ten minutes ago. But well, they were, they were setting up the whole. I'm different. I'm not like you. I don't need to be chief. And then it's like his dad dies. And it's like, well, I better take over the family business. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Which I don't know is the best message. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I think the whole, um, well, you already spoiled it. It's the whole death of the father uh-huh. was a little rushed to me and they could have taken a little more time with it. I'll bring up Lion King again, but you know, like, you know, in that scene, also spoiler alert, mm-hmm. when Mufasa dies, they really just, they pause the whole movie. There's this moment, you know, and it's like so much grief and then he really, you know, you feel for it. I felt like his dad was, he died and then right away it was like, okay, next thing. Like, right. it felt like they didn't really mourn him. Well, this whole movie, it's, it felt like a whole grab bag of ideas. It's almost, okay, we need to do How to Train Your Dragons too. Everyone throw out every idea you can think of. So it's like, okay, his mom comes back. Great. Put it in. His dad dies. Great. Put it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have some, like, villain doing a dragon army. Great. Put it in. <laughs> ice dragons. <laughs> right. So we did fire. Let's do ice. Okay. Great. Put it in. To me, it didn't live up to the first one, and I was a bit disappointed. And it just, I almost got bored throughout the whole thing with, like, it was a lot of exposition, which, I mean, you're working in a visual medium, so... I don't think they need to explain everything that's going to happen and everything that did happen. That was one thing that bored me a bit. But then it was just like, like you said, it just kind of jumped from one thing to another thing. You're just like, okay, and then this thing's going to happen. And then he's going to go face the guy at the end, which I need to get back to this villain who's like, I mean, we really didn't have a villain in the first one except for like the mother dragon. I don't know how much you guys remember about the first one, but there was like the, the dragon queen who was like controlling the dragons. Right. Which they did kind of, like, bring up in this one. There's the alpha dragon. But Toothless wasn't... He wasn't a zombie because of this mother. But maybe they were trying to live up this alpha as, like, he can zombify a dragon and make it do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy to me. I don't know. It was a bit of a leap. <laughs> <laughs> but then this villain, every time that he could just crush them with his giant Godzilla dragon, he would just be like, ah, and then just go away <laughs> and just leave him there to sulk. He was, like, yeah. the worst villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he did have a really good villain monologue for a bit, but then, you know, you got to have your villain monologue. There was no... He's kind of a softie. <laughs> yeah, like, after... after the, it, was, it was such a... It was such a cliched villain He had him thing. on the ropes. He had him on the... He had just killed the chief. Yeah. And after he had been wanting to kill Hiccup, mm-hmm. you know, whose dad... Sacrifices and then just himself decides and not to. And then, yeah, he just kind of, there's a shot of him. He just kind of like turns over his shoulder and kind of goes, huh, and keeps walking away, <laughs> yeah. leaving both the mom, who he's apparently been wanting to get rid of for, for many, many, many years, many years yeah. and Hiccup, who he was just trying to get rid of, just like <laughs> left there to be sad. Like, haha, their sadness will keep them from ever uh-huh. being able their to hearts, defeat me. Their heartbreak will kill them all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which did not seem to make him much of a madman to me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> more of a softy. And I also didn't think that the justification of him, like, being a madman who just kills for the sport of it. I felt like the story that Stoic told about him being so bad, I mean, it was bad, but like we're talking about Viking culture here, right? Like their entire culture, at least in the real world, the non-dragon world is built on pillage and plunder. Yeah. Pillage and plunder and destruction. So the idea of like, he kills people (laughs) for no reason. I'm like, you're Vikings. That's what you do. Right. (laughs) Or are we just like, a happy Viking suburb that rides. Yeah, that you know, just the paper gets delivered. And yeah, the paper gets delivered. We get the milk. We ride our dragons. It's all cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then we go to the civic Dragon center games. and yeah, PTA meetings. Like, yeah, build some saddles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. And in his monologue, his biggest thing was well, he lost an arm from a dragon, right? And his mm. family, and that was his whole, you know, purpose was to. That is that? a bad motivation. Right? His, wait, so let's follow this train of thought, right? My arm gets eaten by a dragon. Therefore, I want to destroy dragons. Therefore, I'm going to tame dragons. To destroy dragons. Because then he never seemed to have any goal of destroying the dragons. There was no destruction of the dragons. It was just collect all the dragons for myself. Right. Now, it would have been kind of funny if he was collecting the dragons to find his arm. 
inside of one of the dragons. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like opening them up and going in their bellies. Is it in here? <laughs> I found him. Well, I guess it's good because he was the villain, but I found him like, I just hated him. Like whatever thing he did, like when he would like round up the dragons, he did this weird like scream thing and had his arms yeah, twisting I, all around. Like, yeah. oh God, <laughs> I hate you. I'm like, okay, it's good. That's good. <laughs> well, it was a good PSA for like dog fighting because it's almost, that's kind of just like beating the dragons and like he would like tap the the metal chain connected to the boat and stuff and all this stuff like all mm-hmm. these kind of dog fighting stuff like yelling at the dogs and putting the metal masks and stuff on them and but then also it's like when um toothless killed stoic mm-hmm. everyone's like it's not his fault he's a dragon but now it's like well if they're wild creatures <laughs> you probably shouldn't have them as pets <laughs> which i don't know what side you know it's like having a wild tiger or something around yeah yeah, and they didn't really. I thought they would play up the the whole split between Hiccup and Toothless more. Like mm-hmm. Toothless killed his dad, and he is like, "No, I'm not going to forgive him," because mm-hmm. that would have been far more compelling right. than the way that they just did it. Kind of like then Toothless gets taken away again by the Alpha after. He's like, no, I need to go get Toothless. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he after literally two... told the uh, his friends that he was like, "Okay, let me get Toothless back." <laughs> You're yeah, like, you just killed your dad like ten minutes ago. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so I wish they would have played that up a bit more because that's a good. I thought that was a good way of doing things to have toothless kill stoic in kind of this zombified state because that would tear Hiccup and toothless apart, which the whole movie is like about the two of them in a lot of ways. Right. Um, I have one hundred percent agree on them not exploring that more. It's the same thing with just his father dying they kind of just rush to the next thing right you know yeah grab bag of ideas grab bag of ideas yeah because <laughs> that yeah when that happened i was like oh my gosh this is great because when toothless was possessed it was the anim- i thought the animation was pretty good i believed it you know <laughs> he was really scary it really mm-hmm. freaked me out and i thought that was pretty great and really heartbreaking when he first told him to go away but he was like go on get out of here and then like a second later he's like okay i'll go get you <laughs> like, yeah yeah so yeah and going you mentioned the lion king there's i was realizing throughout this movie i was like there's a lot of this that's similar to the lion king but not quite um but his i i do like that when when stoic died there was no last words you know because oftentimes in movies it's like oh you're incredibly injured and you're going to die but here's my moment to give you my last bit of wisdom mm-hmm. and i like that they didn't have that just because i guess right. in well, real in the, life in the third one they'll have stoic in the clouds Right, this is going to happen so. next. <laughs> I can't be chief. Remember <laughs> who you are. You got to do it in a Scottish accent, though. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. <laughs> um, but one thing they didn't do, or maybe I'd, I'd have to watch it again and think about this more, is in The Lion King, something that's really powerful is that the last words that you know that Mufasa spoke to Simba, or the last moment they had, was this whole, like, you know, Simba getting in trouble for going to the elephant graveyard, then Mufasa kind of being stern with him about like what it means to be the king. Mm-hmm. And then they reconcile and they have this moment of like, you know, look at the kings and the stars and you're going to be up there one day and yada, yada. But they didn't have like when stoic dies, there was no like last bit of chief wisdom that hiccup had mm-hmm. to go on with, right. except for a chief takes care of his own, which he said at some point. Right. And even his mother said that, like, yeah, we need to take care of our own. Which I was like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There wasn't a lot between Stoic and Hiccup in the movie at all. It was more focused on him getting back with the mom. Like they had their moment, but Hiccup and Stoic didn't have really any moments. I thought when he died, I was like, yeah, I wonder if they would have killed. Oh, this sounds terrible, but I wonder if they would have <laughs> killed Stoic earlier to give Hiccup drive to go at least talk to this dragon guy. Like, if they would have done it a lot earlier. Yeah. Mm. And almost, he's almost, like, reconciling his dad's death instead of his dad dies. And then there's no, it's like there's no push. He just goes off and has to, like, go fight the dragon guy now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if they've done it, like, earlier. What did you guys think about the mom's reason for staying away from Burke? I was like, come on, hippie lady. Yeah, that was, that was a little weak. Yeah. Yeah. And Hiccup seemed to be totally okay with that. Like, oh, you left for, you abandoned me because you were like. to stay with these wild dragons. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You were like, oh, dragons and people fight. 
but I'm friends with the dragons and I didn't want to argue with people anymore. So I abandoned you. Yeah. It seemed pretty weak. Right. Or at least if that was the reason, like if she's kind of, you know, dragon loving hippie lady, then it seems like hiccup should be a little more like, why did you leave me? Right. There was none of that, which I was expecting. He was just like, dad, there's some crazy stuff that's going to happen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you turn this rock corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been another thing if they explored that more. That could have been really powerful. Yeah. As well. There's just no conflict there. I was expecting there I mean, isn't it like a rule of story, especially at the beginning before you resolve stuff, is where you can have conflict. Like you don't just make things smooth and happy. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed really strange. It was like, oh, my mother who's abandoned me for two decades and i find her again recognizes me by the scar on my chin yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah. you think you'd both be like shocked but also kind of po'd right, right? yeah you'd have some angst i feel mm-hmm. but that's part of the whole i guess one of my big complaints of the movie is that hiccup never changed right no. the hiccup hiccup he was like he lived yeah with his principal and he needed to go talk to he, he did it throughout the whole like literally was like i'm gonna go talk to this dragon general warrior guy and then he finished that by talking to him at the end <laughs> like he didn't yeah he didn't veer anyway yeah i mean he kind of like bumped around a bit i guess right by his mother's like stealing him from his friend <laughs> but yeah no there wasn't there was no change yeah really. and he never really had a challenge he never had an emotional challenge yeah he had the like the physical challenge of dealing with toothless being zombified and killing his dad and stuff but and he had moments for emotional challenge with his mother realizing that he's meeting his mother and mm-hmm. his father dying yeah but they kind of didn't they didn't push change. it yeah yeah i almost wonder I, I know this has nothing to do with it but i the voice actor for hiccup um just acting wise didn't have many levels either because when he was when he was animating them crying he mm-hmm. like he was crying but his voice stayed exactly the same when his dad oh, died. Did you notice interesting. that? Mm-hmm. I was like, I was looking because I was like, wow, the animation's really good, but his voice is just totally like so maybe his range <laughs> monotone. Is yeah, I don't know. I just felt that way with the actor too. So. It's like Jay Jay Baruchel Baruchel. I'm not sure how you say yeah. it, but yeah, his voice has never jived well with me. I mean, sorry, but his it just uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, they went extreme. I guess right. Yeah, I haven't been a big fan overall of a lot of DreamWorks's voice acting choices well they always have to pick very distinct celebrities for their voice acting like jack black like which jack black which i actually like i like jack black as kung fu panda Mm -hmm. as poe but um nicholas cage as the head guy in the crudes it's like not good yeah Yeah. it takes you out yeah Mm -hmm. which yeah they don't have the best track record with their voice talent i thought hiccup's voice like the quality of it, it's interesting sounding. I get why they thought, oh, he kind of sounds like a cartoon character. But yeah. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. Once again, it's like almost a side character would have been. Yeah, yeah. he would have been a great one of the other right. characters, one of the other mm-hmm. dragon riders. I mean, my favorite was Gobber, for sure, <laughs> out yeah. of all the characters. <laughs> I think in my first, I, I, I rewatched the first one. I think he's my favorite in that one as well. <laughs> he did a really good job, once again. Yeah. Speaking of characters, what did you guys think of the twins? I'm not going to remember their names. Um, Rough the nut and tough nut. Yeah, all of those. There were several Boom. moments in the movie <laughs> where they had like really like sexualized jokes with the girl. Oh, this is kind of funny. So I remember reading um, that there. Do you know was who voices the? Because this Kristen is Kristen Wiig, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. which it's crazy. I, you can't. No. Yeah, she so did a she, great job. She did an amazing job. No idea it was her until I read it in the <laughs> yeah. credits. Like, oh my god. Um, but I remember reading um, before seeing the movie that there was a gay character in How to Train Your Dragon 2. I didn't read who it was. And because the twins look so similar, I thought that the girl twin was the gay one. Because when she first, and I was like, wow. Because there's one um, line where she's like, take me now, or whatever, this big like Viking dude. Right. And I was like, okay, that's pretty extreme. I mean, it's extreme for anyone. But I was like, okay, they're really going for it. But, so yeah. there is a gay character, which I'm assuming yeah. is Gobber. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's that was it. Because they reference that, that line. one line. Yeah. yeah, that one line that he says. Which, the one line. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, it didn't seem, it seemed a little out of place, but. Yeah, well, it, the only reference is right yeah. there, right? I think I read somewhere that it was, it wasn't written in. It's Craig Ferguson oh, started yeah. just like, I think they were in the middle of the recording session and he just like made a joke and they, they were like, like oh, good, perfect. perfect. <laughs> let's keep that in. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I think that's what I read. 
I thought the twins, or at least the that whole side story of like the the two other guys being in love with the twin yeah. girl who's like so gross and yeah. unappealing. I thought uh, yeah. that was really funny. Yeah. And I every time, and every time she was like hanging out watching the big muscly dragon wrangler and just being like ooh i thought that was really funny that was the best comedy in the whole yeah in the whole film i thought and and those characters they had some good character like with that them being in love with her and mm-hmm. and her kind of putting them off and then being in love with that other guy versus astrid who was pretty much characterless yeah was there like i know they're supposed to be an item, her and Hiccup. <laughs> it wasn't very awkward, <laughs> like, the first scene that they meet. <laughs> yeah. Weren't you like, Hiccup's I, not I interested. Feel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't feeling that. Yeah. yeah. And the final scene where there was, like, the awkward kiss. Yeah. Where he was kind of like... Oh, it was I like, hated that so much. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was like the high school or middle school, <laughs> I want to kiss you, but it's super awkward. And so he was, like, kind of not looking at her and, and kind of going back and forth, looking back and forth. And they just kind of grabbed her and pulled her in. Yeah, he's this... like, get over here. Get over like, here, yeah. you. You were like, what? <laughs> Stop it, Hiccup. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely awkward. It was so unnecessary. Yeah, it was also unnecessary because the movie was not at all about their relationship. No, not at all. Well, and... I thought it was funny. I thought they were going to do like do a flip where they met the, the dragon trapper, right? The The one that whichever one rough nut or tough nut i don't know which one is which i just know their names um who's like in love with right but i thought astrid was gonna like fall in love with that guy as well for some reason oh because she was like she was like oh you're doing it when he was like riding the dragons and stuff and i just thought maybe she would like veer and be like oh hiccup i know you want to be like your own person but i need to be my own person too and i like this guy or something or like really flip his world So it's like, well, you're, you met your mom who has abandoned you. Your dad died, and your girlfriend broke up with you. How to Train Your Dragons 3. Yeah. <laughs> Hiccup becomes right. the Drogo guy. This could have been, I'm so this, angry. This yeah. could have been the Empire Strikes Back of How to Train Your Dragons. Or just wreck everything. That's true. It totally could have been. Yeah. yeah. Drogo could have been his father. And then it's been like, no. no. <laughs> oh, well, wouldn't that have been a huge thing if oh Stoic gets killed and he's like, I'm so sad. Yeah. And then Drogo is his father. <laughs> if his mother I is like, father. if his mother is like, that's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to stay away. <laughs> yeah. that's why. Yeah. Did you see that guy? I had to fight a battle with your father. <laughs> <Yeah>. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> and Jargo's like, I like to make maps too. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that maps, son. <laughs> he pulls his really like crappy map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a Denny's like place map. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, DreamWorks. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to Dan for the credits. <laughs> <laughs> so this is almost like a um, an upgrade to the last film in design even though there wasn't much but did you guys feel like it was looked better quality was higher mm-hmm. in yeah. character design animation i don't know which one we want to start with they had redesigned both i mean a lot of the characters they redesigned they hiccup slightly... for sure yeah hiccup i did not like the redesign yeah. as much he got an overhaul yeah into like... like more not awkward gangly more <laughs> yeah well he's a 20 year old stud he's got now, so. right oh yeah 20 year old stud he's got yeah. his anime hair yeah. going yeah. yeah yeah he has peach fuzz which i thought was yeah. really funny because there's a lot of close-ups with the peach fuzz. yeah yeah there was a lot of like the one thing on the how to train your dragon 2 was there was so much hair <laughs> yes and very well done like, hair but... i can't even imagine the render times on all this hair yeah those beards mm. There's one shot where Stoic, it was like the back of Stoic walking. You just saw this giant just cape. giant, like, And I was just furry. like, I wasn't even paying attention to what he was saying. Because I was just like, look at that right. fur on his face. Well, cape. I just get, I get entranced in their beards. And yeah. <laughs> and I'd just be like looking at the follicles. <laughs> it's like, I don't, man, that has a lot of hair. Even Gobber, he has like, he's got all the blonde. Which yeah, they, almost... had the, they had the blonde yeah. hair on the arms. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed mm-hmm. by that. But design wise, I didn't really like the hiccup redesign. I liked all of. I think I liked most of the character designs overall, but I didn't like. They the seemed pretty design. true, except for Hiccup, true to the originals. Yeah, and Astrid was changed too. Astrid was strange. Yeah, she was. So the two of them were changed in ways that I didn't think looked great. Yes. Yeah. 
I liked the Drogo design. That character was like a really yeah, kind of the half the scarred face scarred on one face. side mm-hmm. and talking on the other side. He almost was like pirate esque. Yeah, yeah, which was nice. He had like the dreadlocks and stuff. It was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, so I thought he was well designed. I like the mom pretty well. She yeah, she's kind of plain, but yeah, yeah, there wasn't anything super notable about her. But I thought she was fine. Did you like her get up as the? What was she, Dragon Queen Lady or something? Yeah, but, Dragon Thief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was neat. I like that. Very yeah. tribal. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. I was Once kind again, of... I have no idea where she came up with that, because if she lived a Viking life the entire time, did she, like, meet some, like, crazy African tribe? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know. And it's like, oh, were the dragons, like, just fascinating her together, like, masks and stuff? We're going to give you style. <laughs> yeah. Every Christmas, she gets a new piece of clothing. <laughs> When I first thought, I was like, I thought it was cool, but I was like, this belongs in Jabba the Hutt's palace. <gasps> yeah. He looked like a oh, wow. bounty hunter from Star Wars. <laughs> See, maybe that's why I, like, I really yeah. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like the alpha design, the big alpha dragon. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The new dragons, most of the new dragons are pretty cool. Yeah. I love that it was like um, the thing where like dogs look like their owners or owners look like their oh, dogs. Yeah. Everyone mm-hmm. kind of looked like their dragon a little bit. That was cute. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked Gobber's fat, lazy dragon. Yeah. I thought that was, was really best. funny. Yeah, he was the best dragon, I thought. Just like, oh, okay, I'll shoot the fire. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, <laughs> just lights everything like... on fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was really funny because I've, it's really hard to, like, animate a very big, hefty character flying. Mm. And they animated it quite well. Yeah. Like, yeah, you couldn't did. really tell that. Mm-hmm. It was doing strange things. <laughs> or, you know, it's like, that shouldn't be able to fly. <laughs> yeah, the dragon animation, I thought, was... Superb. Was, yeah, was excellent. Really yeah, mm-hmm. really, really well done. Which I feel like they push the dragons more... They seem more cat-like. Well, I think Toothless has always been based on a cat. Oh, right. Which I've always really liked, because it kind of steps away from... Person? Well, I mean, I like cats. I like dogs, too. I'm, I'm a weird in-between. I like them Whoa. both. <laughs> I'll, I'll take either. I like pets. <laughs> <laughs> Animals um, in general. Yes. But I think the expectation is that if you're going to do a dragon, it's going to be like a dinosaur-y, reptile-y sure. kind of thing, which they have some of that yeah. in the characters. But I really like how they kind of took dragons in a different direction. And Toothless is like, a, he moves like a cat, but he kind of acts like a dog. and With his ears, I mean, perks him up and stuff. Yeah. Sort of dog-like. Yeah. yeah. And killing your dad. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> oh, sorry, dog people. <laughs> it's more like goldfish. It's <laughs> <laughs> more goldfish like. Murderous goldfish. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> goldfish did it. <laughs> what did you guys think about the um, the dragon babies? I thought it was really funny when they decided to use the dragon babies. And I don't know if anyone found that annoying that they used the dragon babies. I think it. I just the, thought it was funny when they were trying to fly them. <laughs> no, I thought the whole concept was good, mm-hmm. but the exposition of like, yeah, we don't, we don't listen yeah. either. <laughs> that that, that was really a little weird. St- that really stuck me. Really, they wrong. didn't have to say yeah. it. That's yeah, they didn't thing. have to say yeah, it. it. Yeah, could have just been implied. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, they didn't need to explain that, but I thought it was funny. I thought I liked how they yeah. rode the babies. I liked how the babies were uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except yeah. they didn't. They rode all the same type of baby. Right? But they showed, like, multiples when they entered the frozen whatever nest. They had, like, the little, like, pig-like ones. There was little babies of those. They showed mm-hmm. the shot of. They should yeah. have, like, mixed it up a bit. Maybe yeah. they all got, like, their own, like, dragon baby. Yeah, because they're, like, umpteen different types of yeah. dragons. There's so many types of dragons. Right. But and... they only picked one for them all to ride. It was yeah. only one type. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of strange. I mean, when they made multiples, they could have gave them all Yeah. Dragons. So it's not a budget thing. Yeah. They were the cutest ones, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how about the animation? Let's dive into that. Because there's really good aspects, I feel. But then I can't say the bar has been raised because certain characters had certain interesting choices. or mm-hmm. And it was mostly Astrid. I don't want to like single her out, but I just couldn't get over her eyes. They just seemed like dead and not focused. And I think we talked about this. Yeah. Or you brought it up. And I didn't talk to you about it before. And you're just like, did you notice her eyes? And I was like, yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) They're huge, too. They're huge. Yeah. Which I don't know if that was like an issue because I know characters with really, really big eyes. It's hard to get them like not looking crazy and cross-eyed. But there are certain shots I was like, why? Just push them in a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Astrid. Astrid. 
But was, she would have been the toughest one to animate because she didn't have, like we were saying, much sub- substance. There wasn't yeah. much to go off of. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, I thought Astrid was pretty strange looking. And that's partially because I think they redesigned her. Right. And I didn't love the redesign. But I also think, I mean, definitely the eyes never seemed focused. Yeah. On anything. Her and Stoic. Stoic also had somewhat of the same problem in certain shots his eyes didn't seem focused yeah a little bit did they did they make the pupils all a lot bigger it seemed like the whole in the first movie it was kind of more stereotypical cartoon with like big whites of eyes and little pupils that Mm -hmm. are easier to focus and then in this one they seem to make it more realistic which meant much bigger pupils that i'd have to look back and see that's what it felt like to me like all the pupils were a lot bigger which makes it harder to to divine kind of where something is focusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's probably, I'd have to look it up. I'd have Maybe to do a side-by-side comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but Toothless was probably my, the best, my favorite animation. Yeah. yeah. He's always like, they, they know where to spend the time for sure. Because <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene with him just like playing with Toothless or at the beginning, that like five minute, and anyone can watch this if you haven't seen the movie. There's like the five minute intro. And all that is great. Gobber's really good. Mm-hmm. Villains, I feel like everyone latches on to villains mm-hmm. for animation. Or at least animators really animate them very well. Mm-hmm. One thing that I felt like with a lot of the human animation, but particularly with with Hiccup and Astrid, there seemed to be just a lot of, um, like, everything was always moving. Like, a lot of shoulder movement and head movement kind of just darting around not necessarily purposefully. Right. Which made it feel there were moments where it felt kind of mo cappy. Like Yeah, it's almost like they had to they put in too many poses for no reason. Yeah. It's like you can you know, you can rest here for a bit. <laughs> right. And say the line. Right. Cause that was the especially strange thing with with Astrid on top of kind of how she looked was it seemed like anytime she was talking, her shoulders were going up and down, her head was bobbing right. back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like the way that she was doing an impression of hiccup at the beginning i mean first of all that looked really strange when she was doing that impression yeah well then it was like she kept was strange because the chemistry wasn't there as well <laughs> right so, yeah yeah, yeah they were just kind of awkward together she wasn't that good at making fun of him like that's no. isn't really what he's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um, but i think that is a thing like in the first film i don't know if i watched a special feature or something like that, but they, they did talk about like an animator did put in that like shoulder shrug and stuff in hiccup mm-hmm. or just like he needs to move all the time but in this one yeah like she seemed to have it as well, which I don't know why. Even when she's not making fun of Hiccup, she's always moving or always swaying or doing, mm-hmm. hitting strange poses for some reason. And I never noticed that in the first one. I mean, the first one, what I mean is they did it well enough that Hiccup right. seemed like an angsty kid. And I didn't right. notice like, oh, his shoulders look weird. It was the character got across. The animators did a really good job because it's that whole animation thing of if I've done my job well, you're so into the performance you don't realize right you won't pick up on something that's yeah you don't notice the animation in particular right now yeah but in this one there were multiple times where i was taken out of the story happening because i thought something just kind of looked off mm-hmm. with hiccup and astrid in particular the others yeah like the I mother thought i thought a, was really well animated. yeah the mother was well done stoic was really well right. done I thought. all the action sequences when they're like hopping when the mother's like hopping from dragon to dragon all that was great yeah, it's yeah, like they clearly like have ballet. They clearly have body mechanics down right. very well at mm-hmm. DreamWorks. You know, well, see, I was like, it was funny because I told you this, but I was watching this time around since this is the second time I've seen it. But I, I was watching the crowd animations. Yeah, and they're almost just like funny in themselves because they're so just like generic. <laughs> which I mean, like the ones that I picked out, which maybe they were the most over the top, but it was like guys pumping their fists up in the air because oh, they're mostly like celebrate celebrations and so just very the most generic celebrations that you can do so i'm just assuming that they had um kind of like they're just like do something fun <laughs> or, you yeah know. that was the note yeah <laughs> <laughs> just make them celebrate <laughs> which is great i don't know because i'm always like the, all these films now i feel have to have their crowd sequences that's like a thing which you can see in the credits now. The crowd animation department's getting bigger and bigger all the time. Right. <laughs> How about the giant alpha? Because it's kind of hard to animate giant creatures. Did you feel like that fit for something that shouldn't be able to live in a, on Earth? <laughs> <laughs> I think there was like a thing. 
about Godzilla and how big he was that it's like impossible for a creature to be that large and live on Earth with the gravitational pull and everything, <laughs> which that's getting a little too nerdy. But <laughs> it's usually really hard to animate those because you kind of have to slow everything down because they're moving so much mass. Mm-hmm. Personally, I thought it was well done. Yeah, I agree. That fight between the two alphas, yeah, oh yeah, was was very cool. And I mean, you got the feeling that these were huge and heavy things because mm-hmm. the animation, you know, that really slow acceleration, and then like boom, where they hit each other really hard. Mm-hmm. They didn't shake the ground as much though, because they did do some cool like they would go up on just two legs and come down, and you would think like there was the one shot before, is it Drogo? Drogo, right? Mm-hmm. Before he was going to leave to go to um, Hiccup's Island or whatever, the where they live. There was the one shot where the, the main dragon was like up in the air and then he s- s- like uh, slams down really hard. and then But nothing like shakes. <laughs> it's like there's like crowds of soldiers. Oh. Which, oh, I kind of want to go back to this. So there was all these soldiers, right, in that first battle. Where were they in the final fight scene? <laughs> And I, yeah, where are they from to begin with? Like, how did they, he recruit yeah, them? Yeah. yeah, that's a really good question. Yeah, I, I did not even think about that yeah. until you just said it. That's, right? It's like you only have his name is Drogo, right? Drogo Bloodfist. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The whole Drogo thing is just Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Drogo Bloodfist. <laughs> yeah. From the house, whatever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, he was all alone with the alpha and all the yeah. dragons. He had no he ships He's like, don't anymore. worry, guys. I got this. I broke their hearts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're sad. So we've won. Go home, guys. Just wait till they Take mull Take a load off. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I feel like it would have been a lot easier with an army as well. Then you won't have to rely on just the dragons. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. Or maybe they should just put in some exposition, which they love that. They love just explaining stuff. So why not just say, hey, I got this, guys. Right. <laughs> Go home to your wives and families. Right. <laughs> and Hiccup's already the narrator at the beginning of everything. He could just be like, and the boats went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> he just took the dragons. <laughs> Maybe that's for, for the third movie. Whoa, there you go. the army Chase comes down back. the army. Yeah. yeah. Make them all pay. <laughs> yeah. Pick up blood fist <laughs> when he finds out who his real father is. <laughs> 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 he, the villain he dies right they kill him we don't they don't know. say they don't say they didn't, just, they didn't show just up yeah. yeah it should have killed him mm-hmm. having that giant of a creature go underwater right. and him being on it yeah. it's like you'll get sucked down by suction <laughs> mm-hmm. but once again that's getting too sciencey <laughs> <laughs> but there's always the the rule of movies if you don't see a body you cannot be sure someone is dead. Right. Yeah. I mean, he probably is. Sorry, Stoic. Yeah, sorry, Stoic. <laughs> sorry, Bobby. It's like Mufasa. <laughs> yeah. You're very dead. <laughs> I was really amazed in this movie by the... I thought the texturing mm-hmm. was really, really... I mean, we talked about the hair a little bit, yeah. but the textures were really good. Yeah. The, the ice looked really good. Yeah. The ice looked really good. The, the water effects were great. Water were great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fire was always good. Yeah. I think yeah. they got that down. Yeah. Skin on some of the characters was really good. Like yeah. Stoic's arms and stuff like that. Really Their good. clothing got like an upgrade, which was nice. And mm-hmm. they had nice little like, um, on the weaponry. So when the, when the dragon hunter is pulling out his Bowie knife, it's got like, nice leather binding on it and little tassels with beads and stuff which was really i feel like all that got greebled 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 <laughs> which is detail added that doesn't mean anything <laughs> so apparently it's a 3d word greebled so it's just adding d de- it's almost um um or greebling is what they call it i guess but greebled there's like um a, a 3d plugin that you can get that will just put boxes on things and it's almost like the star wars um, Death Star effect, where it just puts boxes. Like if you made a sphere, you could just put boxes all over it, and it kind of looked like the Death Star because that's what the Death Star is. Just has random. You don't know why it has all these boxes all over the surface, but it does. <laughs> and that's greebling, pretty much. Oh. It's just putting detail on that doesn't make any sense, but it just adds aesthetically. So, fun fact. Interesting oh. word of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Greebel. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by the letter Greebel. <laughs> Yeah, the, the shading was really good. The lighting, once again, was amazing, mm-hmm. which 
mad props to Roger Deacon once again. I saw him in the credits. It looks like they brought him back on for he's a pretty famous cinematographer. He does really uh he he really likes dark shadows and that's kind of what he's brought to How to Train Your Dragon. There's a lot of dark moments mm-hmm. mm. in the first one and so they kind of brought that into the second one as well, which I thought was nice. Which is a nice change from very bright sunny colorful, you know, like we saw in Rio 2. I guess we can lead into, did you guys see there's been articles released on their upgrade to their animation software? Do they not use Maya? They don't. So oh. it's kind of like Pixar that uses Presto right. as their animation tool. DreamWorks has their own called Emo. Oh, I always thought they used Maya. They use Maya, I think, um, as an interface, but they have their own like software that's written. Oh, for the animation. For the, the animation. Process. Yeah. So it's called Emo, and it was developed in like the 1980s. Okay. And it hasn't, I guess, had like various substantial upgrades since then. <laughs> so, but now, um, since they're partnered within, like at the end of the credits, you see that HP and Intel are like credited because they help them develop and get them started with like tapping into the, the newest software that they, or the newest hardware that they built for this new um, animation software that they've just came out with but apparently it's supposed to calculate real time when you move something so oh which could, is what didn't pixar just I yeah mean, I after monsters U, they released a whole real time gpu processing yeah because yeah. they were talking about how with monsters U, the fur and stuff which would otherwise take forever right. to right come to compute they were able to do that in real right. time which i think they're working with not hp and consistently but i think intel is helping them out as well or NVIDIA, maybe, it's helping. I don't know. One of the big graphics. Yeah, one of the big graphics Good. card. Well, that's cool. I didn't hear about that with DreamWorks, but that's really neat. Yeah. That's got to be so helpful for an animator oh, right. to be able to see everything real time. Well, I want that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, especially, I mean, anything that's... Characters now are so complex, and there's got to be so much on characters that's, that's simulated while you're also... Mm-hmm. You know, because I don't think they're animating Stoic's cape or the dreadlocks. Right. I'm sure they have controls where they can change well, it if the simulation messes up sure well but, hopefully like back in the day, day they used to just have the animation and then they would the sim department would sim it later and then they would go back to the animation department to be like okay you need to slow down this turn or this you know arm movement because it's weaken out the the sim and then they would go back to the sim department so maybe they have like a process now that bridges that but yeah it seems so counterintuitive to have to send animation back to the to the animator to be like, oh, yeah, your performance was great, but it's too fast. <laughs> right. <laughs> and do you remember, did you guys see the um, bonus features for The Incredibles when they show some of the animation? They're, like, naked. Like, they, you know, the yeah. characters, like, mm-hmm. naked. And then they yeah, have, so, like, their suit on or whatever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Even props and stuff. Like, there was one scene where um, I think Mrs. Incredible was supposed to be, like, holding, like, a, a hanger with, like, clothes on it. It was just, like, this like, block and stuff like that. And it was <laughs> like cutting through things. Yeah, it was around. weird. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I bet that's amazing to see what it's going to look like in real time. Yeah. Yeah, just having that control of if I move something, it plays in real time afterwards. It's great. Yeah. Because there's the process of, and I don't know how familiar some people are, but usually you have to render out your sequence and animation, which they call it like a play blast or preview render. Um, and then you, you would watch it in a video player to see it play at real time to make sure everything's working all right. But... If you have a very long sequence, it could take a while with a lot of characters. Or And you generally don't get to see hair effects or yeah. good texturing. Right. You can see, like, basic texturing for kind of your typical Maya right, or 3DS Max yeah. or whatever. Do we want to talk about the whole antitrust thing? Yeah, Since we could. the big news <laughs> that big just news. came out. Yeah. yeah. We don't want to, but we will. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want it to be news, I guess, is what I yeah. should say. Yeah. I mean, this is... This has been news for a while, but I think the court documents were only recently yeah. and accessible. I think, and it's kind of hit the animation blogosphere so far. It's kind of, or that's being surfaced right now. Yeah. Because the tech company's been under this for a while, right? Yeah. But Ed Camel wasn't really, which. But Pixar, Spoiler, I know. Ed Catmull's involved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you don't want people you love in the animation industry to fall from grace, you might want to stop listening right now because that's I'll kind of what's going on. give you time to shut on. it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but this is... When I was working for 
the antitrust division of the Justice Department in like 2010, this was coming out. Like people, should we talk about like what this is? I don't think we've described. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, so what is coming out? <laughs> what? Yeah. What What has happened <laughs> is that since it's allegedly since the 1980s, um, there's been basically a conspiracy between different tech companies, including almost all of the major animation studios to not recruit each other's employees and to report to each other if each other's employees are trying to go to each other's studios, um, all because they want to keep wages down. They don't want to compete against each other for employees because they don't want to have to get into bidding wars to raise people's wages. So effectively, they're artificially keeping the pay of animation studio employees and it also ties into google and adobe and apple and all those tech companies their pay is being kept artificially low because all of these companies are involved in an illegal criminal conspiracy which hurts to say right because i was i was trying to look up the 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 actual law that they're breaking it's the sherman antitrust act there you go yeah which was passed in like 1897 or something crazy like that. It's been around, maybe wow. even longer. It's been around for like well over 100 years. So they know it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <Hopefully. laughs> yes. Anyone who runs a company should already know at this point that you cannot collude with your competitors. Mm-hmm. And have like a cartel pretty much is what yeah. they're calling it. Yeah. But I guess he was he was brought before. It would just be a deposition with uh, with attorneys. Okay. It would be prosecutors. From okay. the Justice Department, from the Justice who would Department. be asking him questions. But that was that only happened in, like last year for him, I guess, because this has probably been going on for a while, right? Since like 2000, it's like 2010 or something 2010, since yeah. they've and they they've now just got to the animation industry. <laughs> but it doesn't look good. Cartoon Brew had an article about it, and they got that their information from it was like Pando, I believe it's called, because I listened to an NPR interview with the guy who broke this, Mark Ames. Yep. Is the name of the reporter who's been really into this, which the whole thing is just insane. Like reading the uh, the memos and their emails and what's been said so far at the in the court cases. Yeah, so this but was at the highest levels, right? Like Steve Jobs, Ed Catmull, George Lucas, Dick Cook, who was the chairman. I don't know if he still is, but the chairman of the Disney Board of Directors. But John Lasseter has been roped into it. The one. That hasn't been mentioned at all is Blue Sky right. or Paramount, which is... Well, Paramount's new. Yeah, Paramount is new, so they weren't part of this. But one that has been mentioned as not being a part of it, which is part of what blew this all open, Sony was animation. Sony Animation. Yeah, was they started poaching employees. When they started, they were... I mean, poaching. They were calling employees from different studios and being like, hey, come join Sony. We'll pay you more money and give you more we responsibility like we, we like your work, work yeah. which is how things are supposed to go right. that if a company wants you they can call you up and be like hey and then the other company counter offers right, right exactly then you can say hey i'm being approached right and they i think might i'm take worth it. this much yeah <laughs> yeah and that's how <laughs> yeah, most business is supposed to go right uh but apparently ed catmull was very unhappy that sony was taking pixar employees right after setting up like a with with ilm lucasfilm Image Movers, all these different 3D houses. DreamWorks was involved. They were like, hey, don't don't recruit other people is what was in place. And now Sony's doing this. And now... <laughs> yeah, well, so Ed Catmull <laughs> says in this email, I'm going to go... They're taking our employees. I'm going to go meet with them. Turns out he did go meet with them. Um, but they said, this is illegal. No, we're not going to mm-hmm. agree to this non-recruitment scheme you've got going on. Which left... Ed Catmull, who in the past has come across as like your friendly uncle, <laughs> yeah, being like I was pissed at them, which right. is like the direct Exact quote. Words, yeah. Um, and so he then, when Robert Zemeckis's Image Movers first, I think it was Image Movers first popped up. Right. Well, no, it was um, the Orphanage, which isn't around anymore. Oh. Um, which was like a side branch of Robert Zemeckis. Okay. And so they were looking for employees and were trying to get people from ILM. And but they were part of the scheme. They, they, they soon became part of the scheme when Ed Catmull emailed Disney 
and was like, hey, your friend Zemeckis is trying to snipe people. Tell him to stop. But you can go after Sony. Right. Because they're not part of this. So Ed Catmull six Robert Zemeckis' company on Sony as retribution right. for not or, or joining the cartel. suggested that right. they go after Sony. Right. He doesn't know if they did or not. Right. Pixar was not involved is what he said. <laughs> right. But it's not it's not good so <laughs> i've probably said that multiple times but it's still not good <laughs> yeah it's it's not a good situation and so it's kind of blown up in the animation world and has i mean it's only really been big news for a week or so now yeah i think more information is coming to light because they still haven't delved into like george lucas's involvement and right how that all is going to play out i don't know right because ed, ed camel and george lucas were fairly close because they worked together before Pixar was sold to Steve Jobs because George Lucas owned them before that. So who knows how far this goes back. Right. <laughs> right. Yikes. <laughs> and, it, you know, we were talking about um, Ed Catmull's new book, um, I think, on the second podcast. Yeah. Um, and he had, like, made reference to how Pixar employees and Disney employees, they can't you know, interact or switch and stuff like that. But he was you know, talking about it creatively. It would make sense. But now I'm starting to think like, oh no, <laughs> it must be like a, I know right. they're all one company, but that's just like, you know, I guess it is just a big money thing. I'm trying to see. I'm like, there's got to be some reason, right? It's not Where's just the money, silver right? lining? Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be. <laughs> it's literal silver and they want it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the silver money. lining. <laughs> Yeah, that's so awful for artists and everyone who's... Mm -hmm. But now you're like, well, if this wasn't going on since the 1980s, which is like the birth of 3D animation, like what would the industry look like today? Mm -hmm. Would right. there still be... Because the, the argument now is like all of these studios that have gone under, like Rhythm and Hughes, like almost Digital Domain. Well, I mean, they're all been, they've been sold off or parceled out, but all these like major players... And then the ones that have gone under, like the orphanage has gone under. There's other ones. It's like, was this involved in kind of the downfall of those studios? Or who knows, like, where the industry would be? Or if we would have, like, a lot of these films now? Or <laughs> who knows? Right. Because if they would have been poaching off of each other, how right. much talent would have... Could have they kept or, you know, pulled? Right. What other work would they have made? Right. So, who knows? And so there's still going to be more information coming to light. So I guess we should be careful to not... Yeah, to be continued, I guess. Yeah, right. we should be careful not to rush to total judgment about right. everything. But what's coming out does not look good. But it also, I mean, I think it's important to remember, too, like having talked about Creativity Inc. and read it, I still think it's a very valuable book that has a lot to say. You know, Absolutely. the fact that Ed Catmull may have been involved in this wage cartel doesn't necessarily mean that his talks about the brain trust and about, you right. know, how to foster a creative culture are not wrong. Well, mm -hmm. see, and that, that brings it like brings it back around to the book because he talks about you want kind of everyone not to be on a high horse. You don't want to put those boundaries of this guy's ahead of you. And that is kind of like what money does, you know. It's like, well, this guy's getting paid three hundred thousand dollars and this guy's getting paid eighty thousand dollars so then i'm gonna listen to the guy three hundred thousand dollars opinion because he's making more money you know but so i can kind of see why they would want that in a creative like field to have everyone kind of like play equally but then the thing that makes it illegal in the sense of if they're not getting their fair share because it's like i'm pretty sure ed catmull and John Laster aren't getting paid $80,000 a year. Right. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like, where's the money that they, that the studio is making going if it's not going to the artists or, you know, they should, if they do a good job, they should, which I think he talks about in the book. If they, if they made a good mo movie, they get a bonus, right? Yeah. And he said that they personally, like management personally calls each person in one at a time to give them their bonus checks mm -hmm. and like personally thank them for what they worked on. Which, I don't know, which when, when I read the first time, I was like, what a cool thing. But now with some of this coming to light, it's like, that, it seems a lot more yeah. ick. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to, like, put a good spin on it. Sure, but it's me like, too. Yeah. <laughs> Still trying to it's process not, it. Because it's like what we've known and how, like, just the world works is if you do a good job 
and someone recognizes it outside of your company, they could ask you for, you know, to be like, hey, here's more money. Come do the same thing here. Right. And then your company is supposed to counter offer. <laughs> be like, we like you too. You should stay. But now it's like, well, if that wasn't happening. Then what were all those? They must have known. Yeah, it's amazing that it took this long to come out because, I mean, there's emails saying that the recruiters were told. Right. Like, there's one point where I think an ILM recruiter was calling Pixar yeah. people mm. and then was reprimanded, told, we don't do that. Right. So this isn't like it's a conspiracy with a couple of bigwigs at the top mm -hmm. who are talking to each other. I mean, this had to filter down yeah, so people on the knew. Were doing it. Yeah, so people knew what was allowed and what wasn't. Mm -hmm. But granted, you know, they're not necessarily going to go whistleblow right. because if it comes back that they're the ones who reported it, they are blacklisted on the industry. Well, right? also, yeah, the industry is so small as well. Right. It's only a few thousand people that it's like, or a few, yeah. So it's like, if you get a bad name, you have a bad name. Right. And you're <laughs> never going to work again. Right. I mean, that's, that's said over and over that if you are hard to work with or if you plagiarize or mm -hmm. do anything if like that. If you release that, content, it's like, you're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see how it turns out, I guess, as more information comes out. And it's just kind of a... I feel like we should... We need to leave it on, like, a high note again. Sure. Should we talk about the other book that just came out? Yeah. Um, there's a new art book um, by six um, artists at Disney called um, The Lovely Ladies of Animation. And they had a Kickstarter about a year ago um, that I actually... I think I saw it on Cartoon Brew. Um, and was on top of it because yeah. you finally got your copy. I did, yeah. So I kicked in. I think it was about twenty five bucks, and we just got it um, last week. It's it's beautiful. It's a signed hard um, back book. Um, so what did the Kickstarter great. include? The Kickstarter included the book, and also included really cool stickers, <laughs> um, a notebook, <laughs> Some sweet which is swag. cool, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> a, um, a sketchbook is what they're calling it. So. Um, See, and I think that's brilliant. and it was signed, right? The book was signed. yeah, it was signed by yeah, all the cool. artists. It's it's wonderful. It's really beautiful. See, and I feel like this is a good. They should do this more, especially with like women in animation, because mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. really need to inspire like the younger generation of girls, mm -hmm. because it is very male dominant still. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are getting now female directors with like in certain fields, but it's still very suppressive. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Until it's not a news story that a female is leading something, it's yeah. gonna be yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. Until that's <laughs> not go, big yeah. news. Yeah. Then. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I went to um, a college recruitment for where I work recently, and we had a good 50-50 male-to-female ratio. So I know it's, like, happening, but now it's just, like, you need to push an in industry direction for hiring and mm -hmm. not stifling. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've seen a lot of – it looks like a lot of kind of the visual development community – there are a lot of really excellent women who've gotten involved. I mean, these six are some of the mm -hmm. top known. There are even more out there who are really, really good. Right. And which is great. The wait, so who are who are the six? Do we know? Yeah, I'm gonna try to remember. Um Brittany Lee, Lisa Keen, Claire Keen. Lorelei Bove was one, mm -hmm. right? I think Helen Chen. And Victoria Ying. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and there's um there's uh forward by john lasseter an introduction by glenn Keane, or i might have that um backwards but yeah so it's by those six yeah it's by those six and it's all of their personal work which is really cool yeah see i only skimmed the book but mm -hmm. maybe you guys can i don't know much i guess about i don't follow the disney are these are they just considered concept artists technically or are they just yeah. I think visual development mm -hmm. artists? visual development okay mm -hmm. story and development mm -hmm. yeah um from what I know, I only know a lot about um, Lisa Keen because she did um, art on The Lion King. So I remember seeing her in the bonus features for that. Um, so, yeah, what's interesting about this, it is all their personal work, and basically they talk a little bit about what they like. Well, there was some in there that was very kind of animation, visual development style mm -hmm. appropriate, like mm -hmm. uh, different character designs or kind of these dramatic worlds there's like i was mentioning that little fox there's one right. like a little fox and there's a wolf coming mm -hmm. down right um, like a big bad wolf and that's your um, like traditional concept yeah yeah and beautiful or like final concept beautiful yeah. work mm -hmm. but there's also some like watercolors of life drawings yeah 
uh, I love just like the geometric like feelings that they are like design ones of just like autumn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah, and so some nice kind of patterned work or mm-hmm. one of them. It may have been Lisa Keen who did a bunch of paintings of like animals it was, mm-hmm. and realistic paintings. Yeah. So it was like those a portrait of her dog or of a cat or whatever, and they were really impressive. Mm-hmm. So I'd say if you have a birthday for little girl or boy. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you shouldn't discriminate if you buy this book. Even if you have a son, yeah, get it, get it for him too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need to push in both directions. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great book. Anyone yeah. who's interested in concept art. I'm so, kicking myself that I that didn't, you didn't jump on that. Jump on that yeah. Kickstarter, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I knew about it. I think I didn't look at Cartoon Brew for a week and I know, bam, it was gone. So, I mean, they have it on sale right now for $18.14 hey. on Amazon, which is a Aren't strange we price. Aren't supposed to buy books on Amazon right now? Oh, right. Colbert told me stuff. Yeah. Oh, really? So, so I would look just buy at it your local bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> Do any local bookstores carry it? If you have a local art bookstore, they yeah. probably have it. <laughs> Maybe. I think they might have a website that they're selling them from. Oh, another thing that's cool about this, it was so like hands-on. They actually had a... Um, at like a comic con or something like that they had a meetup group and they all packaged it together they had people come and they all did it yeah so that was pretty cool so i guess that wraps things up here next month is planes fire and rescue if you'd like to get a hold of us feel free to email animcast at gmail.com that's a-n-i-m-c-a-s-t-s at gmail.com also follow us on twitter at animcasts see you guys next time bye (laughs) (laughs) Get <laughs> 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 <laughs>